The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Today, from Montreal's The Beat, Q92's morning show, we have stuntman Sam, who shares some insights on his career in the arts, the radio industry, and his love of connecting with people. Thanks so much for being here. Great. Okay. Well, again, Sam, thank you so much for joining the We Are LCC podcast. We're super happy to have you with us today and uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy life with a newborn and your family and work and all of that. So thank you again for joining us. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure. Uh, like you said, uh, I have a one-month-old and a three-year-old, so uh, you're a very elite uh, company <laughs> right now. Not many people get to see me these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can imagine. So we'll we'll just jump right into it. I, you know, but maybe by starting to tell us a little bit about your, uh, you know, what your educational path was, and um, did you always know that you wanted to go into performing arts and and ultimately get into broadcasting? Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, uh, one of self discovery. Uh, that's been the sort of consistent thing throughout uh, uh, for as early as I can remember. And uh, performing arts was a way for me to connect with people. Academically, I, I struggled a little bit. I had uh, a tough time retaining information when it was delivered a certain way, and so to keep my attention, it was very tough. I found comfort in theater. It was something that I was naturally good at, uh, being in front of people and communicating and memorizing lines came also very easily to me. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of where I started embracing something that was an art that was bigger than myself. And it was a place of comfort uh, for me where I could thrive. Before you know it, you reach grade 11 and they put this piece of paper in front of you and say, okay, now what do you want to do after high school? And I'll never forget that moment in, uh, in the library. We're all looking around to each other and nobody really had a clue <laughs> as to what they were supposed to put down. First, second, third choice. And so for me, I was very, uh, I guess, pragmatic at the time. And I've always been uh, one to sort of always listen to how I feel about certain things. And as I'm going through the list, I'm like, nothing really is calling out to me. And then I saw professional theater at the bottom of the list. <laughs> I thought, well, <laughs> I know that. Uh, that's that's a place where I can where I can start, where I can continue to explore whatever it was at the time, a hobby, a craft, uh, an art. Uh, it, was, it was a way for me to sort of ground myself. So that's sort of where it, it began. And then at Dawson, I did a few years of professional theater there and continued on to uh, York University where I uh, was lucky enough to get into a conservatory and, and train among really kind of forward-thinking elite performers and theater. And it's funny, what you learn as an actor is that you don't have to be an actor to, um, to appreciate it, to know your body and to have that awareness that actors have. Anyone can benefit from, from learning how to act. We, we, all, we all act really. It's just a personification of what we, what we do every day. Uh, so I was really, you know, started to tap into the awareness of the body awareness of, uh, of you, you know, as, as an instrument, you know, taking really sort of that theater mindset to the next level. And so I realized that I had personally a lot of stuff to work on physically, emotionally, mentally. 
And so I sort of continued and on and trained, you know, theater, uh, not theater, uh, yoga wise, and I started to delve into meditation and built up awareness that way as well. Um, so it's all been sort of a, a self-discovery journey uh, that's landed me in some cool spots along the way. But it all started with theater uh, and theater at LCC. Well, yeah, you've certainly had a great sort of track record, I would say, throughout your career. And and from what I've read, done a whole variety of things. So what would you say from your radio career, what, what some of the highlights would be, um, you know, maybe some memorable moments or interviews? <laughs> if you had to pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, within radio, um, it's very humbling to see how small a big city uh, could be. I'd say highlights from the radio is just really kind of being there for people, not not always knowing and, and being a part of people's lives. And, you know, when people, random people come up to me or uh, message me and it's a reminder, you know, because I sort of see it as a job now. It's been 10 years. I say you know, it's sort of my bread and butter. But um, to know that that, that that connection isn't lost and that uh, people uh, actually sort of get inspired from listening to you and that you add some, some color to their life, to their day, mm-hmm. uh, is really, can't really put a price on that. So that's, that's, that's something that kind of keeps me going because uh, we all know that radio isn't necessarily the highest grossing salary or profession. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's a very good point. It's, you know, the big piece about human connection. And I think what you'd be most known for, at least to the Montreal listeners, would be your role as stuntman Sam. Mm -hmm. And so how did you come to get that role? And can you talk about some of the greatest, whether whether they're called pranks or moments or, or, you know, some of the fun stuff you've done? Or was there anything less successful, anything that went totally sideways? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Most things in radio go sideways. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, uh, when we started doing uh, prank phone calls uh, on the station a while ago, uh, that was always fun. I got to really just... Uh, use it as a canvas for all sorts of voices and characters that I had pent up for, for so long and didn't have an outlet to sort of uh, uh, unleash them. So uh, that was a lot of fun to get into. Definitely the most notable one that makes the best story is is the poster story, how I sort of riffed off of a man in New York who pulled this prank where he put posters up looking for a girlfriend. Now, granted, <laughs> the guy was a bit of a creep and the story didn't necessarily end up in the most romantic way. Um, I was sort of as in the, in the radio, you're looking for stories like this to share. So as I'm, and you're looking for like unique twists and things you can add to it. So you're not just repeating verbatim, you know? Uh, so we decided to, uh, to, as a station sort of get behind this prank where I would do the same thing. I'd put my face on posters and plaster them uh, uh, across downtown Montreal. Now, I'm assuming you actually didn't have a partner at the time in doing this prank. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> if I, yeah. did, I don't remember them, and it wasn't serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, new to the city. I had uh, I had come back to the city from being in Toronto for uh, for over 10 years. And so uh, for sure, dipping back in the social scene was, uh, was a challenge for me and the hours that I have as well. It's not like I can stay up all night and party when I have to be up at four in the morning. So uh, yeah, for sure, it was a creative unique uh, way to uh, to just sort of get some reaction and then we didn't really expect it to blow up the way that it did we got calls from just news outlets like you know within hours and it just sort of seemed to go like across the country that you know this and again i think it was a story that people can relate to about how it doesn't take much you just have to throw yourself out there to make connections i mean and then long story short it wasn't someone who directly sort of read the poster and called in but someone who had found out about uh, the prank i 
popped up as a suggested friend on their Facebook feed. Uh, they added me, and then a few months later, I started chatting with them. And ten years later, we have two kids. <laughs> so you this know, is amazing. Yeah, you have to. I've always been of the philosophy that you have to cast like the widest net possible. Don't limit yourself and uh, challenge uh, challenge what the norms are. Uh, things that seem crazy are crazy until you just start doing them. I don't say fortune, you know, favors the bold, if that's the expression, but uh, you got to take risks in life and and push your boundaries. Otherwise, it becomes very sheltered. Otherwise, that's an, that obviously is a very good end to that story. <laughs> yes, I'm very happy. I mean, much better than the old guy in New York. Who I don't even know if he's in jail or now. Yeah, <laughs> <then>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> your kids are going to appreciate it too. That's awesome. For sure. A good story for the grandkids. <laughs> now, I know you also, I don't know if you still do, but you did do some voice acting. Um, yeah. What have, what have been some of your favorite roles in that? And are you still actively doing that? I've been doing a lot of voiceovers uh, in Montreal and voice acting. It, it encompasses everything from like narration to animation to um, commercials. It's a lot of fun. I get, I have a, an agent in Montreal uh, who, who I, I work with and uh, we get to do a lot of funny commercials. A lot of, you'll hear me a lot on the, on the radio. I do a lot of radio commercials, some TV stuff as well, which is just so much fun. It, it's playing. It's like, it takes me back to acting lessons and things that we used to do where we would just be two people, three people in a room, just playing, having fun. And uh, you get paid to do that. And it's fun. It's like a, a little side hustle. You know, I don't really invest too much in it because it's very unstable in the way that there are forces outside you, you know? It's fun to it's fun to get to do that every uh, every every couple of weeks. I guess uh, your experience with the arts would have started back in your school days, and so can you talk about the importance of encouraging the arts for young students, and you know what your experience was as a student interested in the arts? When sometimes it's not always the you know cookie cutter way to go, and the arts uh, for me, and uh, you know having now like studied it in theory and in practice. It's very important to explore uh, for everybody because, as I touched on earlier, about developing that awareness and understanding your body as an instrument. The arts is merely a way to either sort of express yourself physically, appreciate, you don't even have to be the one creating art, but to, to appreciate the work of people uh, that devote their themselves to a craft that is that is that is higher than themselves what i admire about the arts is that you know people don't get into it for the money it's very rare nowadays when you find things that people say i want to want to do this just because you know nowadays everything's how much does it pay or what's the, yeah you know what's the opportunity cost and things like that so um it's it's very vulnerable um you know you don't have to necessarily be a, a you know go to the museum every week or you know uh, read up all about it Art has always been an expression throughout time, throughout civilization. It's been a reflection of society and that whole, you know, with the mirror, like does art reflect life or vice versa? Just to be aware um, of how closely life sort of borders art and um, what kind of art you're comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with certain art, why aren't you? Um, there's just sort of a, a greater understanding to what's behind it that uh, I think is important. And it manifests itself in like so many different ways. It doesn't, it's not the artsy-fartsy anymore. Like you can be a CEO businessman that's like, you know, that just enjoys meditating or doing yoga uh, or just painting on the side or, you know, I, like what, whatever, but just tap, tapping into that sort of self-expression I find is really important. And just, uh, you know, your, the understanding of, 
of you and, and, and your, your emotions and your physical limitations. Um, I guess shifting gears a little bit. I mean, the art of, let's say, radio and broadcasting or traditional radio, I should say, is, is obviously changing with the rise in digital media and streaming services. And so what are radio stations doing or what strategies are they using to stay sort of relevant? I mean, just even like the, the rise in podcasts as a one example, you know, so how, how does that look and what does the future look like? And how have you guys sort of rolled with the changes? Oh man, we could do a whole podcast on this <laughs> question alone. There is a connection and an art to radio at a connection unlike any other uh, medium. And that is irreplaceable. Live local radio where you're hearing someone talking about streets that you're driving by. You, you don't get that anywhere else. No podcast is going to give it to you. No satellite radio is going to give it to you. So we have to understand that radio has something that is irreplaceable. It's the untouchable, right? It's what's carried it through every single era where it has challenges. This is not the first time that radio has been challenged. <laughs> the problem is, is that you, you, have, could, you could say like when uh, video killed the radio star. There you, really. there you go. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Just when everyone thought it was doom and gloom. So, so what is it that keeps, you know, I always picture like in the thirties when the whole family was around the radio and they had nothing else. And it was just, you know, you're opening up your mind and your imagination, you know, and again, that's sort of tapping into the arts. It's, it's a question of how do you market that in nowadays? Now the, the old formats or the ancient formats that have been in place for so long, the foundations of these corporations, for the most part, they're not looking at necessarily how to exploit the art. They're looking to sell whatever's in their agenda and if radio happens to be you know a, a part of that vehicle then by all means but they have to have the right people sort of harnessing that and marketing it and that's where people are struggling because you're right i mean if you have advertising dollars you have so many other options so when it comes down to a business radio i think is still struggling to find its own you have what I do in the radio, which is you know the human connection. Then you have music, you know, and I think stations, the most like music stations, uh, have to sell music, and they have obligations with with record companies, and and they have to follow all sorts of requirements from the government and all this sort of thing. And so by the time you get down to it, like it's a machine they need to keep making making money. And sure, it's nice to have people that make you laugh in the morning. We're definitely going through a, a transition where now you know. How do we get it maybe bigger than where it is now? Uh, you know, our podcasts, uh, an extension of what we do. More and more now, social media is becoming a revenue stream for, for radio. Personalities such as myself uh, in digital content, that resonates more with people, you know. Uh, we'll always have tools, the same tools as everybody else. The talent's got to be there to begin with if you don't have anything good to sell you. <laughs> You're doomed from the start. <laughs> right. So, I mean, obviously like the radio, traditional radio industry broadcasters has to kind of seize the opportunities to kind of adapt and incorporate the new formats into programming. Totally, totally. And, you know, people are like, there's no, nobody has the formula yet. Everyone's scratching their heads that people are throwing mm -hmm. a lot of money into apps and uh, rebranding and digital content and all sorts of stuff um, online, you know, because more and more people now listen to radio, not in their cars, but at work or on their phones, you know. So how do you change to that? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're competing with people on phones, you want 
you have to market yourself a different way than if uh, you're, you're, you're reaching people in the car. Uh, you have to fight for screen time and, you know, you want to get people's attention in a different way. So everything has to be sort of streamlined with depending on how you, how you market and where your budget goes, but nobody knows where to put the budget because nobody <laughs> has the answer yet. So everyone's just kind of, so some, some companies are struggling, um, but uh, th- that's why we see bigger companies that are able to hold on to radio stations. They have enough uh, revenue and radio is just sort of, again, uh, an extension of whatever they have, but uh, fewer and fewer independent radio companies are existing just because it's so tough to continually make, make money. And it's funny too, you say fight for screen time. I mean, I'm sure you're also then faced with um, people's attention spans that have seemed to dwindled over time. That's right. Not that people can't even like almost read emails anymore, but so I'm sure the way that listeners are listening to radio must be vastly different than how it was even 10 years ago. A hundred percent. Now keep in mind that in radio, people have the option to listen actively or passively. Uh, when you have a phone in front of your face, you're not playing a video and not watching it. You're stuck to that phone. But when the radio's on, you can still answer your mom or your sister yeah. <laughs> and, and draw yourself away from it. So we do have that luxury to, to play with. To your point, uh, everything now is geared toward 20 second attention spans. I think, I don't know what, what the actual yeah. numbers nowadays. It keeps going, getting lower and lower. But no, um, as soon as the radio, as soon as we go on, if we don't have you, just like any article or headliner, uh, or meme or whatever, uh, if, if, if you don't have the person within the first five seconds, forget it. It's wild. Uh, so we have to definitely adapt to attention spans in that way too. So curating our stuff and, and writing and it's all, all about teasing people and keeping them there for a little bit longer, but while all the while kind of keeping the suspense building. Because in the radio in Montreal, we fight for not screen time, but minutes, uh, right. people like, like, like listening minutes. So the longer we get people to listen, uh, the better we are. So whatever that takes. And how do you monitor like the evolving sort of preferences, let's say of listeners? I'm assuming there's must be surveys and data that's, that's gathered somehow. But I mean, yeah. th- that must be changing so quickly that you get the, you get the information and within, you know, what time sort of time frame you have to turn things around and and change the programming? Uh, yes and no. Music is like they do surveys very very frequently. We have a pretty good pulse as to what people want to listen to. Uh, again, it comes down to how what kind of branding your station has and how they want to sound and who they're competing with and what kind what kind of market they're in. But um, it's the same formula. It's the same train that keeps on running. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the, the the tougher part is 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 challenging yourself in in defining who your target listener is mm-hmm. uh, and really putting a bullseye uh, on that person. Because when you're behind the mic, you can't think about the hundred thousand people you're talking to uh, at the moment. You're going to get overwhelmed. You literally have to picture one person. Right. Uh, and having a clear image of who that is really helps to uh, send that message to to that person. Well, I think one of the most fun things that you do on the morning show is your Are You Smarter Than Sam segment. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I listened to this morning and I also did not know what the, whatever that answer was to the sweating one. You would say, oh, right. Oh, well, hydro, yeah. Hy- hydrosis. Hydrosis. I didn't, uh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> but um, everybody loves it. So yeah. we have a challenge for you. So we, oh, have, we have some LCC trivia questions. Nice. Uh, it's obviously a little bit of a different format because you're not playing against anybody, but, but my, paper, <laughs> my paper with the answers. <laughs> I can play against myself. My greatest foe. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some questions for you and see what you remember. So you graduated how many years ago? Uh, 23. 23 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So let's see if Sam is smarter than Sam in terms of LCC. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> okay, so what position did you hold on the student council? Oh, I uh, was the treasurer. I have you down as secretary. You're right. I was secretary. I think Daniel Levy was treasurer. Oh no. Okay. Okay. So we're zero. We're zero for one. But I've got. I've got like a sixth bonus question, so we can still All get. Right. We'll still get five. Okay. In the in the memorial gym, there's a storage garage. Right. What is in that garage? It's like something from the past, like a little quirk that's that's oh still there. God, I remember playing handball in the memorial <laughs> gym, and we that garage was one of the nets. I, I just remember there being like other like uh, like rusty other like n- nets in there. I can't uh, maybe there's soccer balls. No, there's there's actually a stairway to what used to be the boarding residence. Come on, mm-hmm. that's so funny. I didn't even know that back then. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, who was the head of school when you graduated? Head of school when I graduated. Oh boy, uh, Doctor Bennett. Yes, all right. you got all right on the board. On the board. It only took me three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think you're going to get this one too. What was the name of the play in which you performed in your final year? And a bonus point for the name of the character you played. Okay, I think I know this one. Uh, it, was it the Paper Chase? And I played the role. No, no, that was great. Oh my god, <laughs> you're stumping me on this. Uh, I, no, I think the paper chase was grade ten. I forget the graduating year, and I forget okay. the role. <laughs> okay, it starts with bad. Uh, it wouldn't have been bad seed. Yes, bad seed. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, then uh, the role that I played was uh, uh, Joe. <laughs> Correct us if if we we could be wrong, but it was Leroy. Leroy, that's what the order the orderly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. you still have fun one. fact. I broke my elbow the day before the the, uh, the play opened, and I gave the directors no. a, a heart attack because uh, I came in with this huge cast around my elbow, but it, it was only a hairline fracture, so they were able to take it off like literally no. hours before we got on stage. But uh, that was uh, oh my god. And then did you have to kind of just keep it like in place just so it didn't Yeah, in a sling. Yeah, I was the I was oh the orderly God. with the busted arm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Do you remember the LCC motto? Uh non nobis solum. Yay, you got another Not one. For ourselves alone. <laughs> Correct. Oh, good. You even have the translation. There you go. And this one could be tricky. This is like a real bonus bonus, but do you remember who founded LCC? Oh, <laughs> I put it. Out I know. There, I love it's these questions, one. and I, I, you're, you're really making me think because I, for the longest time, I did. I feel like I mean, it has been 23 years. Um, no, no, no. Um, I feel like I'm going to kick myself as soon as you tell me. I remember his picture. He had the mustache, and and I remember that he actually wore uh, boots with such big heels that you could hear him coming down from the hall. So everybody knew to be on their best behavior when he came near your class. <laughs> Dr. Fosbury. Fosbury. All right. <laughs> Anyways, that was just a little little bit of a fun thing to, to get you back for all those people that you get every morning. You got me good. That was like, <laughs> that was great. Thank you for that. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners um, from our community about yourself, your profession, the future? Any parting words? Um, yeah. I mean, I would say, uh, you know, Back when I was at, at LCC, we had, uh, you know, our the, the, the artistic outlet was uh, the dining room stage. 
Uh, and that's, you know, where, uh, I kind of got my hands dirty and really just after school, like for me, where the real learning and delving, you know, into, you know, things got, uh, uh, you know, where it happened for me, but now I see how many incredible resources you guys have. And for me, it's just immerse yourself and take advantage. Uh, you have an incredible opportunity to take advantage of some of the best resources that you can. And it's a real preview to what you can expect after you leave LCC. Uh, so it's almost like a, like a simulation, uh, you know, into your future. And to have that, that, that option, that's, that scope is, is such a, is such a fortunate thing to, to take advantage of. So I would say, try everything, like try everything, cast the biggest net possible yeah. and yes. see what sticks. Uh, but don't be shy to take advantage because, uh, to have this, this time and, and, and again, this landscape, it, you know, these things aren't available forever. So, uh, so do, do take advantage. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for your patience with my question asking. No, absolutely. And, uh, leave you to your own profession and we'll listen to you tomorrow morning on the radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure and uh, always Lion's Pride and Anobis Solem. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to lcc.ca slash podcast. And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.